Hello and welcome to another episode of Explore Expert Conversations, brought to you by Anywhere Real Estate. Our show features discussions with leaders across the Anywhere Real Estate brands and the industry at large, with high-level advice for brokers, agents, and investors worldwide. Hello, I'm Matthew Ferrara, philosopher, speaker, and real estate industry expert, and today I'm proud to present to you another exciting panel featuring industry leaders exploring the question of which is the better business builder, great technology or a stellar sphere of influence. It's an important question for an industry that is so good at doing both, so I'm sure you'll enjoy the strategies and real-world tactics that our panelists share. Get ready to take lots of notes as we discuss which approach will benefit you and your business most. This is a conversation you don't want to miss. I want to get started with today's topic, which is very exciting. It's one of those areas in which there's so much creativity and opportunity, not only in the times that we live in with the great technology that's out there, but also the ways in which both old school and new school have blended together nicely to create business development opportunities using both high tech and data and sphere of influence. And we're going to be talking to some people who have both integrated and specialty approaches to how they've built their business and built their companies using technology using data, but also leveraging the relationships that remain key to uh, great real estate businesses, both as they're growing and over the long term. So I'm going to start introducing some of our guests here to you, and then we're going to jump right into the conversation. First off, let me introduce to you Wes Madden. Wes is the Chief Operating Officer for Northwest Florida's leading luxury real estate brokerage, Scenic Sotheby's International Realty, and then they serve real estate from Destin to Panama. Also joining us is Bruce Henderson, who has lived and closed real estate all across New York City for many, many years. His familiarity with the city, in fact, makes him the go-to guy for many clients and referrals from all around the world. And joining us here is also Nora Aguera, who is an associate with Century 21 Americana here in my hometown of Las Vegas. She's been a real estate professional for over 16 years and grew her business to become one of the top agents in the United States. So we're so grateful to have everyone here with us, Wes Bruce and Nora, thanks for joining us. Let's get right into our conversation here. So what I'd love to do is just get a little bit of perspective, a little overview, sort of which side of the equation you fall on with respect to how you approach a strategy for business development. Is it a little bit more data and high tech or is it a little bit more sphere of influence and relationship building? And to start with, I'm going to just go to Wes and say, tell us a little bit about what your philosophy is at your organization. Thanks, Matt. Appreciate it. Welcome, everybody. Uh, my job at the at Scenic Sotheby's International Realty is to really run the business side of the brokerage, make sure that agents are well supported. We coordinate a, an exceptionally talented staff to support those agents, to make sure that we're achieving our agents' goals, growing their business. And in turn, as a result, we're growing the brokerage business. As far as systems processes, data, you know, we've We've definitely made some strides in data mining and tracking our business. I think one of the things that was most impactful for our agents is providing them with a marketing ROI tracker, just understanding, you know, I spend a dollar, what am I getting in return and helping solve for that. We really kind of doubled down and focused on making sure that every end of October, every year, we do a strategic planning event and we sit down with our agents and we make sure they've got a business plan. They've got goals that actually make sense to them and they're stimulated by and part of that is knowing what's our what's our marketing plan for the next year and then executing on those plans so really helping assist them building their business because you know if you get agents coming in and they're and they're selling more and growing their business retention kind of takes care of itself 
Definitely. And then with respect to use of that data, obviously, it must feed into their sales philosophy, which is not only to respond to the data and to, and to use the data to create opportunity, but to build relationships. Yeah, no question. I mean, messaging is so important. I think one of the things that we do really well, our marketing team really kind of tees up content that speaks to the consumer that is actually buying real estate down here. So really understanding who are making the uh, purchase and sale decisions and making sure that our messaging is resonating with them, not just necessarily what we want to put out there. You know, I mean, no one really cares if you're number one, if you need to be kind of establishing yourself as that preeminent expert in the marketplace. So we've got a, um, one of our writers on staff, you know, she was a former journalist for 20, over 20 years. She was an AP journalist. I mean, she puts together content that it would take these agents an inordinate amount of time and energy to put together. We put that together for them so they can help take advantage of that messaging. So it's a cool matchup. You're actually trying to match up both sides of that equation. Bruce, let me jump over to you for a second here. Talk to us a little bit about your strategy and which part of the equation, obviously the relationships that you build and the uh, referrals that you generate. Talk a lot about your ability to use sphere of influence to your advantage. Tell us a little bit about your strategy. Well, sure. First of all, Corcoran's philosophy is number one, to provide education. One of the reasons that I joined Corcoran when I was looking to figure out which brokerage to join was just that I knew that they had an extensive education and training process and program. It used to be a month. I think it's a little shorter now. It's also become very efficient. The other thing is that I knew that Corcoran, and it still is, is very data-driven. It was sort of showed itself in periodic reports and just a deep archive of information, you know, going back a decade where you can see trends overall from a more high level. And the philosophy basically sort of is provide the tools and the education for the for the brokers and the agent, then build on that and run with it, you know, give them everything they needed to develop their businesses. Technology, however, started to change things in the last few years since I've been there. And Corcoran has done a phenomenal investment in technological support. We have a brand new listing system that we're testing out which aggregates a tremendous amount of data from very reliable sources, whether it be the city or other places like that. So they're increasing the accuracy of the data that we're receiving. They want us to be experts in the field. Mm -hmm. Any buyer can go out and search online for property these days. So that's not really the value that we bring. And they realize that. So bringing us data, education, and then moving forward, the training continues to evolve as the technology evolves and the platforms evolve. For example, for me personally, because of my background, a lot of my sphere of influence and my contacts tend to be in tech or music, or they tend to be younger, a little bit more tech savvy. So the more traditional ways that I first started to market to and reach out to my clients and potential uh, uh, client base was through newsletters and mailers and email blasts and things like that. I have to say that I've never gotten a listing from a newsletter or an email blast, <laughs> but I get about a third of my referrals through social media. Right. So Corkin continues to evolve. I continue to take advantage of that. I try to plug myself into any sort of new technology or things that will make my life easier and more automated so that I can spend the time having drinks or dinner or lunch with my clients and actually touching them. And I get a lot of business that way in addition to social media. So I sort of combine, I think I lean more on the non-traditional side, but 
I have sort of the basic knowledge of the more traditional ways as well, but I don't deal with that too much. I want to follow up with you in the sense of, of that comment you made, which is, you know, the, the newsletter didn't necessarily lead to the listing, but it might have led to a chance to have a conversation, a chance to build and to learn from your client how to add value. And then from there, we're looking at the technology, strengthening your ability to make a good offer in terms of how to be of, of assistance to them. So we'll, we'll come back to that in just a second. But I want to bring Nora into the conversation here as well. Tell us a little bit about your approach, Nora, in terms of building business, how it balances or leans one way or the other to the traditional or non-traditional. I know you have a really big focus on primary buyers, on first-time home buyers. You've built a great business around focusing on that niche. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so for me, I'm starting to transition. Instead of calling it marketing or lead gen, I'm really focusing on calling it branding because at this point, I don't really know all the time, every time where I'm getting a lead from because a lot of our leads are looking for us on social media, but they're past clients. So one of the, my favorite forms of connecting with our database for my clients is through text messaging. Emails for me is a little bit different. It's, you know, I think that a lot of people are doing it and a lot of companies do it. So I think emails right now, are, people are, get saturated with emails and, and information. Texting, I think it's a little bit more direct. If they like you, if they know where it's coming from, they'll open and really review. But what I really focus on now is uh, just being out there in you know all the platforms that possibly can. And uh, why? Because my customers are looking online as well. And if they see me again three months later or a year later, or they just see me so often, in their feed or in my life, they will most likely come back in their next transaction or refer somebody to us. And so that's become a huge focus for my team and, and, and for me is definitely branding. And anything where I can be on social media, I can be posting now is, is huge. I usually host a couple events a year for my clients, just specific and exclusive for our clients. And we have a good turnout but most people don't show up to the event. But guess what they do do is they remember that I have it and they usually apologize. Oh, I wish I would have been there. I have this to do. I have that to do. And so it's become kind of a thing that we do, even if we don't get, you know, the 500 clients, you know, that we're really targeting for, what we do get is an opportunity to connect with them and them to know that we are really always thinking of them in kind of a special way, especially if they're already a past client. So it sounds to me, and actually sounds to me from all of our guests today, that is a sort of continuum, if you will, that there's a sort of cycle in and out of where both traditional and non-traditional data and sphere of influence work together. That essentially, there are times in which the technology gives us reach and gives us the ability to reaffirm our presence and our clients' lives. And then there are times when the right work is being across from the table with them or being in a face-to-face -face video conversation in which we can and you know, use all of our soft skills, use all of our ability to listen properly, to ask, to make sure that we're building rapport, sympathy with our client in that case. But I do want to kind of pin down each of you a little bit in terms of if you had to say through the last six months, which of the two mechanisms have been more helpful to you in maintaining momentum and being valuable to your clients? Was it a little more of the high tech side or a little bit more of the, the sphere side, the, the sort of face-to-face -face stuff? Nora, let me go back to you on that. I would definitely say the tech side. And, and I have a very interesting, um, I would say, niche or CRM, I would say, or client databases where, you know, they're not so tech savvy. Many times that's what we believe. They're not as comfortable with technology as uh, most, 
but the reality is that they like that touch. They like for us to send those, you know, text messaging blasts. And, you know, when they get the phone call, it's great. But right now, within the last three, four months, technology has been it. Doing social media very well, doing live videos, and just having them engage through the live videos with us is huge. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Bruce, what about yeah. you? Oh, absolutely tech, but I also combined a little bit. I replaced this sort of being in person with people by doing, you know, drinks at six o'clock with some of my clients who've become my friends and actually got some listings that way, just sort of scheduling time to reconnect with people. I wasn't so much reaching out with, hey, are you still looking? Or, you know, here's some updated information, unless someone reached out to me because they were interested in something. It was more, I really do well with the social side of things. I spend a great deal of time and energy developing my relationships with my clients. I get a tremendous amount of work that way. So I just carried that through with Zoom calls, dinner, lunches, whatever. Mm-hmm. And and Wes, broadly speaking, you must have seen a, a variety, I mean, with uh, all the agents in your organization, but where do you think their greatest strength has been in the past few months, at least? I mean, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And and I think it's important to, when we say traditional, non-traditional, it's really defined like you can still be a relationship-based business, but leveraging technology to scale that and leverage that. So we look for those ways, you know, to, to connect better with clients. When the quarantine hit, we had all of our offices, you know, already set up for video teleconferencing. You know, 80% of our sellers live somewhere else other than here. You know, they have vacation second homes here or investment properties. So all of our agents were prepared for that when that came. And it wasn't really a huge shift in our in our business model because we had put a lot of value in that and provided that for the agents, you know, and a bomb bomb video emails. We talked about texting clients. We get a huge response rate on texting. Well, instead of just texting, you know, uh, hey, how are you doing? Text with properties that are, you know, soon to hit the market. You know, we collaborate greatly on new product uh, before it get before it hits the market, really. And for instance, if I got a clients that are looking for a sub million dollar condo, Gulf Front, and uh, I can reverse prospect through my through my my potential buyers and make that connection. Now I'm sending a a text with a link to that uh, that listing before it hits the market. That really makes you sticky. It makes our website sticky. The client is coming back to you because ultimately you know, that's what a buyer is looking for is our properties. And and that's, I mean, I know we say that the consumer can go anywhere and find listings, but if you're finding them listings, they can't find anywhere else. You know, that's a, that's a pretty powerful, unique selling proposition. You know, we heard like, okay, texting, uh, Bruce is saying, you know, he, he leveraged using video chat to be able to have these sort of, you know, much smaller interactions where people felt almost as if they were at the same table. You're using a combination of data and property information. I want to ask all three of you, anything new, any surprising thing that you added in that maybe you hadn't been doing three months earlier in your business building strategy, whether it was a technology item or just a way in which you shifted the conversation with clients. You decided to approach your sphere of influence from a slightly different angle. I want to make sure that if there were any surprising things you started leveraging, we also mentioned those as well. Bruce, let me go to you on that. I mean, not too much really, just because, you know, I've been have been using technology pretty much before. And like I said, I've replaced the sort of in-person interaction drinks and whatnot by doing it on, on video or camera. Mm-hmm. And I just did more of that. That's all. Right. I wasn't actively pursuing buyers in this case who I knew were out of town or something because they're dealing with other things and 
I found through my experience that if they were starting to look again, then they would contact me. And that basically is sort of like the way I interact with my clients and, and it, it seems to work. So Right. Nora, you had said texting, but then you'd also mentioned social media a little bit. Did you add or change any of your use of social media in a way that created some surprising results? On social media, what, what I've done now is I feel that clients that are following you or just, let's say, friends, clients, they want to know that you know more than them. Because right now, it's really easy for everybody to know a lot of things, right? Social media, the news. So they're really, uh, they, they know a lot about real estate themselves because they get the news like everyone else, right? So I think of myself as I have to know more than them and I have to know more than what the news are you know, telling. So I have to really, at this point, bring value to them probably on a weekly basis because life is that complicated these days is it's changing every single week. So I have to know more than them. And for that, I have to you know, be in conversations where most buyers are not going to be. So we've done a, a lot of projects, as a matter of fact, NAREP, where we're, we know a lot about, you know, like the CARES Act before it's hitting, like we're working with things that are, they're not happening yet, but they're about to happen. And so this gives me leverage with my sphere when I'm reaching out and saying, look, this is the type of work I'm doing because I need to know, you know, what the, you know, what the future holds for the real estate world, because it's not only, you know, obviously my business, but it's also my clients' well-being. Nora really knows more than, you know, NBC or, you know, my local news, and she can reduce it into a five-minute video on social media. So they're looking for my content because they trust me, they know me, and they also know that I have kind of a vision on the whole thing for the next, you know, year or so. So it's been very valuable to be also outward focused kind of in a community way. And that's it. We've gotten a lot more engagement in our social media videos for it. But one of the things that we've been monitoring is, are we consistently holding those numbers because people or the views on, you know, technology tells us a lot about you know, the performance of our videos. And so we're able to say, okay, are people really waiting for you to say something? And are they coming consecutively back to hearing you? And we've really aimed at that. And so knowing more than what they would know is crucial for me. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Wes, you had mentioned introducing, for example, bomb bomb videos, and Nora's just sort of reminded us that really the purpose is always to interpret the data, right? Bring it into a message, give it something that the data alone doesn't provide to the consumer, to our friends who are in our sphere. Any other ways in which your your organization is uh, is doing that kind of, of added value using technology for their sphere? Nora's point, I think we really made an effort to empathize with the consumer, everything that was going on, the emotions with, I mean, 2020s brought about some quite historic events and, and being sensitive to uh, where consumers were, you know, not, not being out of tune with what is acceptable in our, you know, in our communication. So one of the things we did was we, we started with the entire company, all of our agents and, and staff and assistants is three days a week. We did a, what we called a round table, which was, you know, leadership, getting on a zoom call with all of our people and just explaining all the things that were going on. I mean, in our market, we run on, um, you know, vacation second home. So we really rely on people coming in or here and renting properties. Well, when that shuts off completely, it was devastating there for a while and we didn't know how long it was going to go. So that was a big opportunity for us to really be leaders in the community. One of the ninja principles is having real estate reviews with property owners. So we committed to giving our agents, educating our agents on the market, interpreting sometimes complex uh, market trends reports and giving them some sound bites that they can use and also 
graphics and data to share with their clients so that they're really establishing themselves as, as the market expert. Well, all good stuff so far. This is fantastic. We're going to continue this conversation and go in some different angles here. But I want to talk a little bit about, I guess, evolution of your use of both high tech and traditional sales techniques, because I think perhaps all of us have felt as many things, perhaps accelerated our best practices and made them even better, but also forced us to try, experiment, maybe drop some things in favor of some other things. So I would love to get your insights on how that's evolved as professionals with great backgrounds in this. You've watched the industry grow. You've been on the forefront of these changes, which of course is why you are in the roles that you're in. I'm just curious as to sort of whether big picture or just more recently, you know, how have things evolved for you? Bruce, let me jump over to you with that one. So as I mentioned before, when I started seven years ago, it was relatively basic and your operations, do your searches, you meet with your clients and so on. And with the evolution of, of, of the different platforms to communicate to your sphere of influence, Corcoran has enhanced and grown our education and training process to look more forward. So their data and their statistics have been tracking sort of what are the more dynamic features of Instagram? Is Instagram stories getting more visibility and, and hits than just a normal Instagram posting. So mm-hmm. we're constantly being trained and educated. Another example is LinkedIn. I always wondered, LinkedIn is where I have a lot of my old business associates and they're the ones who don't really want to get an email from me that often, but yet they're very active on LinkedIn. And since LinkedIn has changed its platform a bit over the years, now we have done research to figure out what the most effective ways to market to your sphere of influence are on LinkedIn. So Overall, it's just continually looking forward, being with a company that has expanded its marketing support for the agents, also its technological support for the agents, even on the traditional side where you are, you know, keeping in touch with your old buyers or people that you worked with. We now have a very dynamic and robust CRM that we're using. And I may not use that to send out regular emails to people, but I'll use it to send a baby gift or send a gift on an anniversary of a closing or something like that, which has really been effective for me in reconnecting with my sphere and my prior clients for a real reason. And when you put something like a really lovely gift in someone's hand after they haven't spoken to you in six months or a year, believe me, they're going to remember (laughs) you. Yeah, creates a um, conversation, doesn't it? Exactly. (laughs) So in a nutshell, basically, it's just always looking forward and always developing new tools, technologies, education, and training. So I want to go back to Wes for a second, because one of the main principles of Ninja is that sort of very much family occupation, recreation, dreams, right? The sort of like, how do I get close to the deep inner needs of of relationships that I have here? Have you found any things, um, maybe some old school things, really had a big impact during uh, this time as you were trying to focus on, uh, on the people who weren't necessarily in transaction, but you wanted to stay in flow? with. Yeah, I mean, I think focusing on the basics, Matt, getting our people to really connect with those those consumers, it could be as simple as, you know, we started offering kind of re-onboarding our agents and doing data migration and data database cleanup efforts for them. Your typical agent is lost in tech. They have contacts on their 
on their mobile phone. They got contacts in Outlook and in Gmail and in this email platform. And so we were offering to, hey, let's let's clean up your database, bring them all in, so you have your audience all in one place. You know, the uh, Sotheby's International Realty did a great job rolling out some tech tools that we've implemented uh, that have really made a great difference in a lot of our agents' businesses. But, you know, if you don't have relevant contact information or whatnot, you know, it's hard to, to make contact with those folks. But I, I think that uh, really getting back to the blocking and tackling, following the ninja principles, getting to really know our consumers, you know, getting on, um, expanding on those relationships, you know, Sotheby's International Realty and, and us local and ninja. I mean, we had a lot of information, a lot of great uh, training to afford them, uh, webinars, you know, that were readily available and recorded and, and hosted for them. So it was a great time. I, I you know, we're, we're all coming out of this a better company with better sure. agents. Our axes were sharpened. So it really gave us a chance to really focus on bettering uh, our skills as, as real estate brokers. So Nora, I'm going to ask you the same question, but I just want to throw a little twist in there because I'm dying for somebody to say that they actually just made a phone call. Actually, one of these <laughs> days, I know they all did. I'm just teasing you all. But I mean, the video conferences are amazing and the ability to connect by text is so timely because we don't have to necessarily interrupt people's day to show them that we still care and that they still matter to us. But did you find maybe you, you know, had some traction and just having an old fashioned voice to voice conversation or maybe a handwritten note or something created a connection that you were prompted by your CRM to take that action, but you might have done it without necessarily uh, the newest of tools. I think everything we've all done and I, I, you know, and I'm speaking for them, but I think it all ends up having to have the opportunity to really connect with, with someone with a phone call. So a lot of the tools like the texting, the social media, the live video, it's great, but at the end of the day, it's always going to end up with a conversation. So what I can tell you that we did that was, you know, going back to basics so that we changed and that this was really important for my whole team to see it. Because not everyone on my team has been, you know, doing this for 15 years. And some of them, some agents, some folks, we, we get really comfortable and we get really happy with things just kind of work. And so we really went back and, and said, there, we started tagging our clients mm. in a different way. So we tagged our clients and we're, there's clients of ours that have been with us in this journey for over 10 years. And we tagged them at a certain point, VIPs. And then we started really focusing on the texting campaigns are going to be intentional depending on the tag people are on. So those tags will become extremely important where uh, the, our client gets the information they need. So I have clients that are investors and they, they want to buy properties and they're on their second or third. And so we've tagged them in such a way where I'm going to send them a texting campaign or I'm going to send them a text with that. So they feel more in touch or in tune that we know exactly what their needs are versus it's just a general random message. But at the end of the day, a phone call every week, they're like, Nora, what are you thinking that, you know, what's going on? What do you see? Because they have inventory, you know, they have five, six houses, you know, and they want to know like, Hey, do we need to sell them right now? And so I, and there's nothing, you know, on a video, live video or a texting that's going to really make them feel what I can over a phone call versus, Hey, you know what? I've, this is where I've been. This is what I've done. And I always invite them, hey, I'm keeping all this information online. So if you want to go there, but always know that I love talking to you. I love, I mean, obviously that's why we all do. I think this, this business is we really do love talking to folks and, you know, being in that, you know, uh, connection with them. So I always let my clients know. It's like, I really do love talking to you. So 
if at any point you want to talk to me, believe this, you need to just reach out or let me know. And my team will have me right on the phone with you. So phone calls for us, when I, those type of clients where we have those conversations, they're by far the most loyal. They're the ones that are referring us business all the time. They're our biggest cheerleaders. You know, like uh, Tony Robbins says, is they're raving fans, right? Mm-hmm. And so those conversations along with the other stuff, which is really fun and really cool, is great. But what we did is cleaned our CRM so that it's more specific. The data goes specific to every type of buyer or seller that we have in our database. And we're still on that. And, um, and we're, you know, we're, I think good old fashioned hard work also showed in the last, during those two, three months, we have agents wanting to, to give us their listings because they don't want to work up here in Vegas. So it's pretty exciting. I had a listing appointment with, with an agent last week and he's like, Nora, I have a couple of listings and I see, think you guys have everything doing well. We transacted with you and so on and so forth. I think I want to give those over to you because I'm taking a little break. I was like, fantastic. Take your break, go on vacation. Let me know how we can help and take those uh, off your hands. So that's interesting too, because you've sort of parlayed your expertise to help other real estate professionals who need to make a change in their business model or take a break, as you said, whatever it is. Bruce, I see you nodding your head. And I know that you're, you know, you're you're someone who has built his business not only on that repeat business, but on that referral business. And obviously it's coming from other great contacts in the real estate industry you have. Talk to us about how you've been driving that conversation lately. Well, I'm fortunate enough that I do this business in both sort of the two key markets in the city in Brooklyn and in Manhattan. Mm -hmm. So I've made myself into a resource for Manhattan agents who really know nothing about Brooklyn. (laughs) And, you know, I've sort of built a reputation among some of our other offices and I get called a lot from agents in Manhattan who are like, I have a client who's looking for something, wants to sell something. I know nothing about Brooklyn. They're like almost a little bit apprehensive about sort of crossing the river, but I'll cross the river (laughs) (laughs) and I'll go back and forth. So I do get a lot of referrals actually from Manhattan agents to Brooklyn and vice versa. They're agents who I've worked with in my office and other offices in Brooklyn who don't do much business in Manhattan. And sometimes we team up to do things. So Mm -hmm. interestingly enough, some of the phone calls I had aside from my normal social media thing was actually from agents who were like, I'm in Texas, I'm not going to be back, can you do this house for me? Or just other agents who, like um, Nora was saying, who, you know, we're not ready yet, can you help me out with this? So I have been getting a lot of referrals and we had a lot of tools in our toolbox. And then I would just reach out to people in all different ways. And then, as Nora said before, continued with my own personal branding online through my social media platforms and using some of the updates on market projection and things to post in different places like LinkedIn, which I ended up getting a decent amount of traffic from and even some reaction from. So So Wes, I want to ask you two questions. One is there's actually a lot of sort of public data, which might be really helpful. I know, for example, showing time tracks how many more showings are picking up week over week uh, in different areas. And that's actually national. So you could show some statewide as well as some drilled down. You know, and that's just an example of a lot of data that shows positivity and momentum and growth. How are you using technology? technology to connect to those agents who might be the gateways to those second home market or investors um, that are out there? We use uh, broker metrics. We use another product called Trend Graphics, you Mm -hmm. know, and with Trend Graphics, we're able to 
really get, we're a niche market, right? You drive an eighth of a mile and you're a whole new separate market and each one's different. So really kind of laying that all out for the agents so that they can uh, leverage that. We worked hand in hand with some of the vacation rental management companies that also have that data because that's, that's important to us, right? If the vacation rental market is suffering, then our real estate's going to be suffering or, or vice versa. So it was important that we collaborated with them as well. What's nice down here is we've got the uh, tourism board that, uh, mm-hmm. that, that they're already paying for the socioeconomic data of who's coming here. So taking that data, figuring out where the feeder markets are, right? So understanding where are our buyers coming from, where are our visitors coming from, and then leveraging our affiliates in each one of those respective markets. So we partner with marketing messaging with all of our main feeder market affiliates. And we're, we're very lucky that in most of those major feeder markets, you know, our Sotheby's International Realty affiliates, the, the number one luxury real estate firm in that market. So it really works well. And, you know, and when we, you know, in the referral network, let's 30% of our business comes from referrals, both inbound and outbound. You know, if they're buying down here, they own real estate somewhere else, you know, so there's a two-way referral pipeline that we right. have with each one of these affiliates leaning on that. When you, we tell our agents like earn a seat at the table, you know, like develop that relationship. So you earn a seat at the table that they, they understand that you are their trusted real estate advisor. And if they think about doing anything regarding real estate anywhere in, in the world for that matter, because we are a global brand that they should call you first. And so that starts first by having that conversation and explaining to the client that you have that reach, that you have that capability. Um, you should be right up there with their CPA or attorney before they make a, a business decision like this, or, you know, right. and some of these decisions are major decisions for their lives. So if you earn the right to do that, um, it just opens up the passive income stream for a lot of our agents' businesses. We can all use a little bit of that, right? Sure, sure. Nora, I want to go, go to you with a, I want to sort of combine something Wes just said, which is so insightful in terms of like tapping into the referral network between not only the other offices of your brand, other companies within your brand, but the broader real estate industry as a member of NAREP, for example, you know, reaching across there with this idea of maybe some new platform. Maybe there's some new sources of data, new things you're looking at. I know in your business with investors, you know, you might've had some people who were, you know, new to investing. Maybe they had a couple of properties they thought were Airbnb. That was their concept of investing investing. And while things were going great, hey, they were Airbnb uh, kings and queens and, and doing just fine. And then now they might find themselves needing the advice of a professional. You know, do I continue down that path? Do I put some inventory to lighten my portfolio, etc.? Are you looking at other platforms to find ways to look at new data to create new relationships that we might not have traditionally thought of as a real estate business building or lead generating platform? Yeah, great that you asked that question. I'm working on creating a group of investors um, on Facebook. And so what ends up happening is over the years, I've been doing it just kind of a, it's just a natural thing. We have our database and we have you know, our clients, but actually getting that group of investors in and making it more of a program in a way where it's just counseling them, what we do is identify the level, right? So I have, especially Vegas, right? Especially with all the TV that's out there about flipping homes. Vegas was a big playground for flipping, you know, in the last five, six years. And so we get a lot of actual customers that come in and they're like, you know, I saw that you have a property and it looks like it's a flip. Absolutely. We have investors that do that and that, and so we know that market really well. And so they'll want to come in and and sit down and have a meetup or a one-on-one and have us walk them through the process. 
But most importantly, on top of that is there's a lot of factors that go into me trying to just sell you a property so you can go and flip tomorrow. So there's a lot of education that needs to happen. And I need to know what you know and what you don't know as an investor and what research have you done. So I ask a lot of questions as a matter of fact. So what we have done is we now have in our database a pool of, you know, probably 15% of folks that want to get into the real estate game, either by, you know, Airbnbs or by flipping, right? They're like, oh, I have my real job, but I would love to flip like they do on TV. Okay, great. So let's get you some tools and resources on that. But I need to know what you know and get you information that you don't know, right? I feel that part of like the education part really growing. And so we're, we're working on that, getting that pool together and doing it through, you know, the virtual world we live into in now and making it really simple. And then we also have this other side of things where we're teaching first-time home buyers how to become investors from day one. And what we do is we've coached clients and saying, okay, instead of buying that first property, your first house, wouldn't you want to buy a, a, the, your first property and it be an investment at the same time? So why wouldn't you want to buy a multifamily? Right. You know, this is a great opportunity for kind of college kids, right? like well the money might not be there well what if you had another unit or another property and you're able to come in with very great incentives in the financing world and a very low down payment so you can become an investor with very little cash out of, out of pocket because you're doing it as a first transaction and so that has been something that we do and, and and we've we've noticed over the last three four years that those clients are extremely loyal clients because once i help a client to learn how to make money and really look at this real estate as kind of a wealth building vehicle, they're in it and they're, they're so loyal. And mm -hmm. so usually what ends up happening is we'll help them buy a multifamily first transaction or first property. And then two, a year, two years from then, they're already coming back. Hey, let me buy that, that home. I'm ready to go. Right. So that is another uh, focus. So we're working on, on actually now doing it in a more intentional way virtual way and getting these groups ready to go. So, um, yes, great yeah, question. Very and, exciting. I, yeah. and I really think that, there, that this is a, a great way for other real estate agents to even do the same thing and, and get their little pools of clients to that they're educating them and they become just raving fans, basically. Definitely. So in a minute, I'm going to ask each of you to sort of think about how you would encourage our viewers to think about both the high tech and the high touch uh, sphere uh, growth. But I want to go to Bruce with a question here, which is, you know, you're in New York. And so, you know, always uh, on the top of, of many people's mind right now is sort of New York's a hyper local market, but it's also a global international market at the same time. How are you getting that message out? And have you tried anything new, a new route? to make sure that the, your connections, and, and you certainly have those connections from your background all over the world, how are you keeping people connected to what's really happening so that they see not only that you're still doing fine, but they know what's, what the real story is. It's hard to call it a local market when it truly is a world's market, but it, there are parts of it that are just ultimately very local. Oh, absolutely. The primary tools I've been using, and one of the things that we're lucky about is that Corcoran provides us with a lot of articles and rich content mm -hmm. that we can then share that provides information to our connections. So it could be a combination of sending out that email when you know that there's a group of people who you have in your CRM database that have expressed any interest or maybe not, or just generally interested in real estate as a business, 
and sort of updating on the fact that the rates are super low and other things, market trends and market projections and other things, in addition to sort of more utilitarian things like how do you negotiate with your landlord to not pay your rent for three months? Or <laughs> what do you do if you're a landlord of a multifamily property and you your your tenants can't work and can't pay the rent? You know, a lot of that has come up. So I have shared that in a combination of social media, particularly LinkedIn, which is so much more business focused. Sure. But I also do it on my team and my personal sort of business Facebook page. And I find that I get a lot of pickup and comments and feedback and other things. People find that kind of information that you're sharing freely and openly to be quite valuable. And one thing that I wanted to say on the referral thing, the last question you asked, if I may, on yes, top of what yes. Wes had said, is that <laughs> most people, though, who I've had the um, good fortune to work with who've contacted me are actually looking for second homes. So I spent the time developing a decent referral network of people in different areas outside of New York where people are being are sort of focusing on trying to find different homes, whether it be the Hudson Valley or the Catskills or the Hamptons or things like that. In fact, I got two requests this morning from clients of mine who originally reached out to me to look at townhouses in Brooklyn, and now they're considering getting their second home upstate in, in Hudson. Wow. So I've been establishing those relationships over this period so I have the opportunity for passive income as, you know, we start to get out in the long run in relationships because then they will refer people back to me in the city. So I just wanted to put a pin on that one because that- No, it's, that a, it's a great point, right? Because this has then been the period to sort of plant the seeds for really not just what is going to happen in the next month or six months, but one year, five year, 10 years that continue to become those long-term sources exactly. of our growth. So, all right. So I'm going to ask each one of you to give us one quick way in which you would encourage any of our viewers to either dive deeper into a data-driven business development or hug closer to their sphere of influence or maybe some hybrid of both. So Nora, let me start with you here. I can share probably 10 different things, but the goal is pick one and be consistent with it. If it's a phone call that you're going to do, be consistent with it throughout your day. Make sure that you have a goal set for that day. And we say this, you know, prospect, call 30 people, call 40 people, but be consistent with it because at the end of the day, that's what's going to get us to the finish line. I feel that our industry is going to be faced with a lot of agents having to step away from it. So this is your opportunity to shine and being consistent. It really shows your your client, your sphere, and even on social media, people that you're here, you're strong, you have the mindset that it takes to really, you know, take them and the real estate transactions to that next level. No, I appreciate that for sure. I think being consistent does give that message, right? That you are consistently here and ready and capable in good times and in bad of helping Absolutely. them achieve their dreams. Bruce, what would be your takeaway for any of our viewers? My takeaway is to use what you're comfortable with as your baseline. Mm. So if you're more comfortable and you already know that you're very effective in the one-to-one -one interaction for lead generation or for, or for you know, uh, doing a deal or something, or you're better on the tech side or whatever it is that is, like Nora said, is to be consistent, but also I would add to it that continue to educate yourselves on new ways because the business has no choice but to evolve. When you have technology, which is going to make your life so much easier, then you can then focus on the things that work the best for you. So I would recommend always have your base, 
but continue to train and educate yourself and use the tools that are available because that's what's going to keep you going in the long run. Yeah, it's great advice, right? Keep moving forward, keep trying new things. But I also like that connection to sort of finding the things that are congruent with where your natural talent is. If you're a good conversationalist, look for tools that help you be a better conversationalist. If you're great at creating community, look for tools that help you create more community. So absolutely love that. Wes, a little piece of advice from you then for all of our viewers as we wrap up here today. Yeah, I'd say first and foremost, follow a process, develop your that daily battle rhythm and stick mm-hmm. to it and find some accountability either with uh, your broker or with another agent within your firm. This is what Ninja has done for us is providing that that process, that daily, weekly process that our agents can follow. It's, it's very easy to follow. It's also very easy not to follow. So that's where the accountability comes in. I think now more than ever, connect with your people at a deeper level, really challenge yourself to get to know your clients. A lot of our clients, especially affluent clients, they're influencers. They mm-hmm. know other people. Be unabashful and asking for referrals. You know, I'm looking to grow my business, working with friends and family of my friends and family. And it'd mean the world to me if you can let me know of anybody looking to buy or sell real estate, blah, blah, blah. I absolutely love that advice too. And absolutely have a system, right? Create some accountability, yeah. hold yourself responsible, but also accountable for your outcomes. Definitely super advice. Wes Madden, Chief Operating officer for scenic Sotheby's international realty bruce henderson and corcoran and nora aguera at century 21 americana thank you so much for sharing your experience your stories and your knowledge with our audience here i'm matthew ferrara and this has been explore expert conversations from anywhere real estate bringing you insights and resources from across the industry to grow your business please join us again next time